My name is Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. We are safer from climate disasters than ever. I'll prove it to you. Biden says we will not pay illegal aliens $500,000. I'm a little worried about how he said that, though. I'll explain. The CDC has signed off on your five-year-old getting vaccinated. Have you signed off? And voters push back on woke, broke politics, and the Democrats blame you and call you racist. That's <laughs> par for the course. It's all coming up on this edition of the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go. All right, so we start with Bjorn Lomberg. Now, if you're not familiar with him, this is a guy who believes in man-made global warming. However, he is also a guy who says, even if we do everything that they're saying we should do about it, it won't make a difference, and we should use the money instead to help poor developing nations improve their environments, improve their water, improve their rates of pollution. That would be much better for us and for the entire planet. So he's kind of an interesting dude. Well, he's been studying climate for a very long time. He says we are safer from climate disasters than ever before. No way, man. There's more hurricanes. There's more tornadoes. Actually, there aren't if you look at the actual data and they are not more intense. But that's a whole nother topic that he said on this time. He's talking about how many people die from them. He says, look, activists constantly talk about the existential threat climate change poses and the deaths natural disasters inflict. But they never seem to total up the deaths. Why? Because it's easier to bend the data about disaster frequency than to bend death statistics. I mean, if you're dead, you're dead, right? Many of the fearful descriptions you hear of souped up hurricanes, heat waves, wildfires are not accurate. They say, well, it's costing so much more. There's so much more damage from these natural disasters, property damage. Well, that's true because there's more stuff to damage today than there was several decades ago, especially in the areas where these disasters hit. As the world's gotten richer, population has grown, number and quality of structures in the path of the flood, the fire, the hurricane have gone up. So if you look at a damage, though, as a percentage of GDP, that's actually declined from 1990 to 2020. Huh. And poor and rich countries alike, economic growth and innovation have insulated people from these disasters and fewer people are dying. But it's easy to misuse the data to make things seem worse than they are. There's this thing called the International Disaster Database. And because of the internet and the proliferation of social media and regular media, the database now records many more things as natural disasters than they did before, small natural disasters from 1980 onward than we had ever recorded before. How about this? Earthquakes. They recorded about four times as many earthquakes each year now, on average, after 1980 as they did before. But the U.S. Geological Survey pointed out when databases show more earthquakes, it isn't because there actually are more earthquakes. It's because they have been recorded better over time. We're able to record smaller and smaller and smaller earthquakes. They'd always been going on. We just hadn't recorded them before. Same thing with hurricanes. The disaster database recorded far more U.S. hurricanes after 1980 than before, six times as many a year on average. But the historical record from dozens of peer-reviewed studies shows the number of landfalling U.S. hurricanes has declined slightly since 1900. Hmm. Now, death totals. The disaster database death toll is very close to official estimates, and that data tells a different story. A century ago, almost half a million people died on average each year from storms, floods, droughts, wildfires, and extreme temps. But over the next 10 years, declined 96% to 18,000. In 2020, 
it dropped to 14,000. So far this year, 5,500, they expect it to be about 6,000. That's almost 99% fewer deaths from natural disasters than a century ago. Now, our population worldwide has quadrupled since then, while the deaths have gone down 99%. Hmm. You don't hear that in mainstream media, do you? Oh, one more little bit from Bjorn Lomberg. He said, you know, they're telling you that we got to get rid of fossil fuels and it's going to be easy by 2040. Well, not so much. Because if you look at the lockdowns, in 2020, the pandemic lockdowns forced the world to cut carbon emissions significantly, right? I mean, we shut down. To fulfill the Paris Climate Accords completely, the UN says global emissions would have to plunge even further every year than we did for the pandemic, every year for the rest of the decade. So in 2021, our emissions would have to drop worldwide by more than double the lockdown-induced decline. And by the end of 2030, they'd have to fall 11 times more than they did during the lockdown. You ready for that? Yeah, didn't think so. Hey, in just a second, I want to tell you about Joe Biden saying we're not going to pay illegal aliens $450,000 per. But if you're enjoying the show, I'm asking you to be part of the movement. Compat the far left's version of America and rally around what makes it exceptional. So please like me on Facebook. The Facebook page is called The Greg Knapp Experience. Same name as the podcast. You can listen to it wherever podcasts are. Please share it with others. Give it a thumbs up or review. Tell three friends to tell three friends and so on. And let's make this movement happen. So Biden gets back from the big climate conference and Peter Ducey, Fox News, asks him about the illegal alien situation. Do you think that giving $450,000 to illegal immigrants separated at the border might incentivize more people to come over illegally? This is the Wall Street Journal article I told you about last week. The, the lawsuit has been thrown against the United States government for when illegal aliens came over and they were separated from the children because they came here illegally and you can't put the kids in prison with the adults and the kids can only be held for a certain amount of time and they have to be released. You know the story. So the story was that they're going to settle for $450,000 per illegal alien who was separated up to a million dollars per family. Biden's answer to this. Well, if you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. That's not going to happen. He followed up with them. No, that's not going to happen. But, and you might think, Greg, that's great. I mean, how could you not think that's great? I mean, he just said it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Move on. Here's the problem. I watched this while it was happening live. You can go watch it on YouTube now, I'm sure. It looked like President Biden had no idea what Peter Ducey was talking about. So just because Joe Biden says it's not going to happen doesn't mean it's not going to happen. He either doesn't know that story from the Wall Street Journal, hasn't been briefed on it from his own Justice Department and what they're talking about doing as a settlement. He either doesn't know or he doesn't remember or he's lying to you because that was a weird answer and what looked like a lack of recognition in his eyes that this was a real story. I think he, uh, you know, Fox News making up a story again. I mean, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous. Are you? What do you think? Biden also started talking about uh, the, the economy. Okay. Press conference, COP26. That was the big climate change thing. He said, if you take a look at what the I'm actually going to read it exactly the way the transcript says, okay? I'm not going to clean it up for you. If you take a look at what economy is growing, if you take a look at what economy is growing, the United States, it's growing. But he whispered it. You take a look at what economy is growing, 
the United States, it's growing. I don't understand the whisper thing, right? Has been watching too much Malcolm in the Middle. I don't get it. It has problems, mainly because of COVID supply chain, but is growing. What? It has problems, mainly because of COVID is supply chain, but is growing. We've created over 6 million jobs. Well, that's because we had been shut down from COVID when you took over. <laughs> We're leading the world in terms of the fastest growing economy, major economies. I'm just reading it verbatim. Okay, no, the U.S. is not the fastest growing economy in the world. India, China, France, United Kingdom, then it's us, according to the International Monetary Fund. That's embarrassing. Biden also claimed that American wages have gone up outpacing inflation. No, inflation has given you, the average worker, a 2% pay cut. Other than that, he's right on schedule. Oh, and the Biden administration is reversing the policy under Trump, listing the number of asylum seekers who can apply Excuse me, limiting the number of asylum seekers who can apply at land ports of entry on the U.S.-Mexico border. Wide open now. I'm sure that won't encourage more people to come. No, it, it won't in increase the crisis at the border. It's not a crisis. Tell that to the people who live at the border. The CDC director, Walensky, now has signed off on the Pfizer vaccine for children as young as five. Last week, U.S. FDA authorized emergency use for kid doses, which are about one-third of the dose given to adolescents and adults. The vaccine is already approved for emergency use in children 12 to 15. Are you ready for your five-year-old to take this? Well, Greg, it's safe. I, I hope it is. I think it is. I mean, I, I took it. Uh, my adult children took it. Is it ready for a five-year-old when the risk to a five-year-old, a healthy five-year-old, has a better chance of dying from the flu right now than COVID. That is a fact. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. Even the CDC will admit that. Are you going to give your five-year-old this vaccine? To me, that should be a parental choice. How soon before they start saying it's going to be a mandate before your kid goes to school next year? That's going to be interesting. Oh, speaking of the vaccine, Newsweek printed this opinion piece, and I'm proud of them for printing it. It's by doctors Martin Koldorf, He's an epidemiologist, biostatistician, professor of medicine at Harvard, and Jay Bacharaya, doctor, professor of health policy at Stanford University School of Medicine. And they are, they are not happy with Fauci. So I applaud Newsweek for even printing this. They titled it, How Fauci Fooled America. And they're saying, look, he got a lot of these things wrong. Reality and scientific studies have caught up with him and are proving that now. And they go through some things. It's a great article. I highly recommend you look it up. Natural immunity. He said, look, <clears throat> excuse me, Fauci's ignoring naturally acquired immunity among the COVID recovered. There are more than 45 million of those in the United States. And the mining evidence shows natural immunity is stronger and longer lasting than the vaccine induced immunity. The Israeli study showed vaccinated people were 27 times more likely to get symptomatic COVID than the unvaccinated who had recovered from a prior infection. And yet we're mandating these healthcare workers, many of them who had COVID, to get the vaccine or they're fired. That's smart, right? Protecting the elderly. We now know that lockdowns failed to protect high-risk older people. So they said to Fauci, why don't we just protect the older people? He said, well, uh, I have no idea how to do that. Well, public health scientists have put in many concrete suggestions to do that. Fauci and others ignored them. How about school closures? Throughout the 2020 spring wave, Sweden kept daycare and schools open for all of its children ages 1 to 15, no masking, 
no testing, no social distancing. Guess what they got? Zero COVID deaths among children and a COVID risk to teachers lower than the average of other professions. Hmm. How about masks? Randomized trials for children show no solid scientific evidence that masking works. A Danish study found no statistically significant difference between masking and not masking when it came to coronavirus infection. Then there's the collateral public health damage. All the things that happen when you lock down and do all the things that we've been told to do. You've got to weigh the side effects, the unintended consequences, things like cancer detection, treatment, cardiovascular disease outcomes, diabetes care, childhood vaccination rates for all the other diseases, mental health and opiate overdoses. So people stopped going to the doctor. People stopped getting other things taken care of. People stopped going in for preventative medicine and people suffered from mental health and substance abuse. All of that pretty much ignored. And the doctors say, most of our scientific colleagues agree with us. Many are afraid to speak out. They see people being slandered and smeared in the media. They see the censorship by big tech. Some are government employees, can't speak out. Others are worried about losing research grants. Does that sound like free speech and science to you? This is really scary stuff. How about what's been going on with the elections? All right, so we told you a little bit about that yesterday, but now as the aftermath continues and the postmortem is done, I'm going to bring you some of these headlines because... I think here's the lesson, and the, the, the left and the Democrats and the media aren't going to get it, but I repeat myself. Their, their, their lesson is, well, there's just a bunch of racists out there, and racism seems to sell, and so we just got to do a better job of repudiating racism and making sure people understand all the misinformation they were given. Oh, if you think that, you're going to lose again. Here's what I think happened. Even many of the people who voted anti-Trump, and the few, the very few, who voted pro-Biden are looking around and going, wait a second, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for the craziness going on in the schools. I didn't sign up for this continued COVID nonsense. I didn't sign up for high inflation. I didn't sign up for the supply chain problems. I didn't sign up for what's going on at the border with illegal immigration problems. I didn't sign up for this stuff. I didn't sign up with being told that I'm going to have to drive an electric car no matter what. I, I just didn't sign. This is I didn't sign up for defunding the police and seeing crime go through the roof. I didn't sign up for living in San Francisco or Portland where our police can't control the crime because we've defunded them and, and we've actually allowed shoplifting to be something that you don't even get arrested for and all my stores are closing down. I didn't sign up for this stuff. I certainly didn't sign up for my child to be told at school that they should feel guilty for slavery as if they had something to do with it. So no, no, I didn't sign up for this. And it's time for a change. We're on the wrong track. That's what this election Tuesday showed. So John Solomon's headline, Americans repudiate leftward drift on cops, schools, and economy. The Trump base fused with suburbanites to send the unmistakable message to Democrats and the Biden coalition frayed. Exactly right. Look at these exit polls. More than 60% of Virginian voters express concern the country is off course. And Virginia is a blue state. Well, it was. Good point. Voters made clear their top concerns. One, the economy. Two, education. Three, security. All of those Republicans are winning in the polls. Minneapolis voters rejected by a 57 to 43 margin a plan to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department and replace it with a, quote, new public safety agency. Yeah, most people don't want a social worker to show up when they're being mugged. Yeah, just call me crazy. 
Republicans have recaptured a majority in the Virginia House of Delegates. So now it's a 55 to 45 majority Republican, which is going to help the new Republican governor and the new lieutenant uh, governor who is a Republican. That's amazing. So that's big. Then we move into the lieutenant governor. See, the lieutenant governor of Virginia made history. She is the first black woman to win a statewide elected office in Virginia. Wow. And absolutely the first to be the lieutenant governor. She is a Jamaican immigrant and a naturalized U.S. citizen. She first made history as the first black Republican woman elected to the Virginia House of Delegates in 2002 by defeating a 20-year Democrat incumbent. Wow. She was the director of a Salvation Army homeless center. She owns an appliance repair store in Virginia. She previously served as vice president of the Virginia Board of Education. And she's a veteran of the Marine Corps, Winsome Sears, an amazing woman. And I just want you to hear a few of the things she said at her victory speech. I am not even first-generation American. When I joined the Marine Corps, I was still a Jamaican. But this country has done so much for me, I was willing to die for this country. Wow. Her father came to the U.S. in 1963 with $1.75 in his pocket. Back to Winsome Sears. I say to you, there are some who want to divide us. We must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. We can live wherever we want. We can eat what we want. We own the water fountains. We've had a black president elected not once but twice, but here I am living proof. And in case you haven't noticed, I am black and I have been black all my life. But that's not what this is about. What we're going to do is we're going to now be about the business of the Commonwealth. We have things to tend to. We are going to fully fund our historically black colleges and universities. We're going to have safer neighborhoods, safer communities, and our children are going to get a good education. Because education lifted my father out of poverty. Education lifted me out of poverty. Education will lift us all out of poverty. We must have marketable skills so that our children cannot just survive, but they will thrive and they will create generational wealth. That's what this is about. Hmm. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I didn't run to make history, she said. I just wanted to leave it better. <coughs> Excuse me. Leave it better than I found it. Hold on, Virginia. The cavalry has arrived. Sorry, man. This is getting to me. This woman is amazing. She goes on. Thank you, Jesus. How sweet it is. <sighs> See? Now that's, that's what makes America exceptional. But somehow, somehow, according to people like Jamel Hill at ESPN and Joy Reid on MSNBC, you are a white supremacist for voting for Winsome Sears, a black woman, to become the lieutenant governor in the state of Virginia. Man, they just want to divide you. Andrew Mark Miller pointed that out about Jamel Hill she tweeted, it's not the messaging, folks. This country simply loves white supremacy. Well, the Winsome Sears team tweeted out, we beg to differ with a picture of Sears holding an AR-15. <laughs> By the way, Virginia also elected Jason Miares, its first ever Hispanic attorney general whose mother emigrated from Cuba. They're just a bunch of racists, man. Yeah, mm-hmm, right. PBS correspondent, at the Biden presser, her name is Yamichi Alcinder, continued to spread misinformation. 
She asked this question to Biden. What should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid avoid similar losses in November, especially since Republicans are now successfully running on culture wars issues and false claims about critical race theory? False claims? Yeah, we don't teach that in schools. That's the false claim. Chris Rufo has put together unbelievable reams of information about it being taught in the schools. We went over it yesterday, and he's got documentation to prove it. So Biden kind of went, ah, nap time, putting time. And then she asked again, what's your message, though, to Democratic voters, especially black voters, who see Republicans running on race and education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried that Democrats don't have an effective way to push back on that? And Biden said something stupid and fell asleep. This is really what our media is still pushing. And that if the Democrats and the media and the left, but I repeat myself, continue to do this, they will continue to lose. Because as the Wall Street Journal put it, and I love this, the big racist fail in Virginia, voters called white supremacists elected a black lieutenant governor. Yep, we just covered that. But I love their last sentence here. Despite what Democrats say, voters know their neighbors and they don't see a racist society or country. Most Americans don't want the racial divisions that Democrats keep fomenting for political gain. Bingo! We have a winner! And here's a couple more headlines just to show you what happened on Tuesday. Anti-CRT parents win school board victories throughout America. Voters cancel the war on police. From Seattle to Long Island, Americans voted against public disorder. The only place where it went the other way was Austin, where they didn't approve uh, extra funding for the police in terms of uh, how many police per capita. Antifa supporting candidates losing by huge margins in Seattle. Moderate candidates projected to win. Republican Ann Davidson holding an 18% lead over Antifa supporting candidate. And on and on. And even in New York, see, in New York, it was very interesting. The Buffalo incumbent mayor lost a primary to a socialist candidate, then decided I'm going to run as a write-in and won as a write-in candidate. That's how much the voters were rejecting the left-wing politics. Maybe the pendulum's starting to swing back. Keep fighting, America. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience.